0: Welcome to Collier's Talks, a podcast series featuring the latest trends, insights, research, and developments in commercial real estate in Canada and beyond. Hi, I'm Jamison Jackson, Managing Director of the Office Practice Group here at Collier's. Today, as part of our Tech to Watch series, part of the Collier's Talks program, we speak to up-and-coming tech leaders about how they started their businesses and what makes them succeed. Stay tuned for what's next. Today, we're joined by Bradley Propo from food cyclers part of the Colliers tech to watch program and we're excited to have you here to talk about a whole variety of things but I think maybe the best place to start is tell me about the origin story of food cycler you were at a conference and you said there's got to be a better way to do things like tell us the origin story how did it get going
1: yeah it's a it's a pretty simple start to be honest with you it was really sparked from a, a simple idea the fact that at the time less than five percent of food waste in North America was being recycled. And you know that seemed like an alarming statistic when you really uh, understood how harmful food waste was to the environment. And we looked at that and we said, geez, there's, there's got to be something here because as we dug a bit deeper, we saw that some countries specifically in Asia were starting to realize the problem perhaps a little bit sooner than we were here in North America, largely because of the the landmass and geography differences, and that bred innovation. Really, South Korea in particular was starting to develop technologies that were recycling food waste at the source, and that really drew our attention. And, and We thought, "Geez, that that could really work here." And the value proposition at that time was was largely focused on commercial, and you would have an on-site food waste recycler, and it would handle anywhere from hundreds to thousands of pounds of food waste a day. And we would uh, install these at large food waste generating facilities. So, think hospitals, restaurants, hotels, casinos, even. And the idea there was instead of having a waste hauler come and pick that up either daily or weekly, you would have an on site system that would take that, reduce it by 90%, and then the end residual would actually be a fertilizer that some facilities could actually use uh, to their benefit. <laughs> so I, I jumped ahead a little bit there, but we were really looking at more innovative ways to deal with food waste, to manage and recycle food waste. And if you don't know, food waste is actually, in some um, calculations, 80 times more harmful than the CO2 emissions from our car. Wow, so really? you take that to landfill, and you really kind of add that up, it's one of the biggest emitters of greenhouse gas emissions that we know of today. So, you know, in looking at that, this process really eliminated those methane gas emissions and made the recycling process much more efficient environmentally. But there was also a value proposition there economically for these businesses that were willing to invest in a solution that would eliminate uh, a cost that that they had. And I think as we look to where we are today versus where we were perhaps a decade ago, You've also seen a lot of legislation come into place that is really driving the need for more solutions to the food waste problem and i think that's largely because we're running out of places to put it and the population is growing and with that uh, waste is on the rise and if we just continue landfilling it eventually will will run out of space so i think technology will play a big part in in how we combat this food waste problem. And and I think personally speaking, I, I believe that behavioral change will be another key piece in in how we um, fight the, the food waste problem as well.
0: Interesting. So tell me this. So you say, you know, the original thought was commercial. What is the main focus now? Who's your ideal client now? Is it a residential customer or a commercial or what's the ideal? Right.
1: So we, we did start primarily and entirely with a focus on commercial, but the company evolved over time. And what I would say we are today is a solutions provider to all things food waste. We have aspirations to be your first thought when you think of food waste. And that uh, should be the case, whether you live in an apartment and you generate you know, a liter of food waste a day, or you're a casino and you're generating 5,000 pounds of food waste a day. We believe that uh, we, are positioned to offer a white glove solution to many different industries and deliver uh, a more effective food waste uh, recycling solution for them than what they have today. And presently, we're dealing with consumers. We're dealing with folks who live in single family homes, apartments, condos. We're working with businesses throughout uh, North America who have either kitchenettes and cafeterias in their office buildings. We're working with municipalities who are looking at alternatives to green bin programs. For one reason or another, it, it simply just doesn't work for them, whether it's because of capital costs or logistics. And we're also continuing to focus on our commercial clients as well. So in there, there's a large array of different verticals, but what remains constant is that food waste is, is everywhere. And that's the case here in Canada, that's the case in USA, and that's the case in the 20 other countries that we're currently working with. So. It's a problem that's certainly global. It's not something that's going away. And we think that if we can offer solutions that are easy to use, we have the greatest chance at seeing more adoption to food waste recycling.
0: Hence the white glove service, ease of use, higher adoption. So maybe let's talk about that. So, okay, say for the sake of argument, we're a restaurant and we're now looking at a food waste solution. The default is as a restaurant, we're actually paying someone to cart this away right now. Is that is that the default?
1: Exactly. Sure.
0: Okay. So tell me how would Food Cycler come in and change that? And what does that white glove treatment look like?
1: Sure. So, you know, restaurants are still a piece of our business, smaller piece now. But uh, when we were much more active with restaurants, the value proposition was, as you pointed out, no longer are you paying that waste hauling service to come and collect your hundreds of pounds a day of food waste. And you know, that can be a costly expense, depending on where you live, there's different tonnage rates on food waste hauling. It can be as high as $250 a ton in some cases, and depending um, on the frequency of pickup, you can really see a pretty substantial bill. So the idea of an on-site solution to eliminate that expense can be quite uh, attractive in, in a lot of cases, especially if you're in a lease program where there's not an upfront capital expense. I think there are other added benefits as well that are often perhaps overlooked if you're not in the back of the house, but, you know, frequency of truck pickups, the odor from another waste dumpster that's outside of your restaurant, uh, mm-hmm. the attraction that that has to pets and animals and the leachate that, that might be coming from your food waste bin is, is problematic. Uh, we hear about uh, compactors in certain industries that are frozen in the winter and and breaking down, that you know just causes a bit of a domino effect when you're you're running a, a business. So there's a lot of ick factor that you know you maybe don't see unless you're working in it, and I think there's also a lot more businesses that are trying to do the right thing and, and really aiming to be more sustainable in in how they're managing their business. And food waste is is becoming much more of a hot button topic when it comes to sustainability goals. and I think the idea that we can offer a more accessible solution, and I think that's where we really stand out, not just with our commercial units, but our, our residential units, is there are other great solutions and programs for managing food waste. We're only aiming to be one more piece to that puzzle. We're not necessarily saying that you know you should choose us over uh, one solution or another. But the reality is that there's still lots of food waste going to landfill. And we think that that's because either solutions are not widely available or there's not enough awareness about the problem. And we think that if our solutions can be more accessible, more versatile and easier to use, we stand a greater chance in having less food waste going to landfill.
0: So if I'm a restaurant, then instead of having this problem with leaching, uh, expensive pickups, odor, another dumpster out back, we can deploy a food cycler unit that will one, reduce what the cost of what we have to haul away by 90%, produce some potable water, and at the same time, actually generate fertilizer and add to the sustainability of the restaurant itself. So it's not only just cost savings, it's environmental savings, and, you know, odor pests, all that other type of stuff along the way. It sounds like it's a win all the way around. Yeah, We
1: like to think so. And, and as much as it works quite well in a restaurant, it often works equally well, if not better in a home. And I think that's the bigger part of our business right now is offering solutions within the home uh, mm-hmm. with our smaller version unit. You know, We really took the core concepts of our commercial unit and we said, how can we scale this down and make it available to a homeowner? And that's what we really uh, pivoted to in a big way in 2017 and A residential food cycler that in north america is primarily sold through vitamix does exactly that it takes 250 liters of capacity from our commercial units and puts it into a three liter vessel in in the latest food cycler model and it's the same core principles that you would find in a backyard compost you know we introduce heat air and agitation and instead of the composting process taking you know anywhere from six to 12 months we're able to do it in four hours and I think that's really rewarding to a lot of people who perhaps want to compost but didn't necessarily have that accessibility to it, whether it's because you live in an apartment or a condo, you can't have a backyard composter, or maybe you just don't enjoy in the winter walking to the backyard to the compost pile and it's just perhaps not, uh, it doesn't fit as well into your lifestyle. So again, we're adding another possible solution for those who might not have accessibility to the existing solutions today. So. It's really kind of offering uh, a number of solutions to a number of different verticals with the core focus being divert more food waste from landfill.
0: So it's almost like a micro grid for food waste because you're also taking pressure off the municipal composting program even if the municipality has one you're actually taking that away and am I understanding it correctly so if you've got one of these units in your home you throw your food waste in you turn it over four hours later you take out the drawer and here's your fertilizer. So you can just dump it that right in your garden right then.
1: Exactly right. So with a push of a button, you're going to see about a 90% reduction of the original waste and volume. And we kind of call it the yuck to yum transformation. So it's, it's really quite exciting when you see it for the first couple of times because you've got this sloppy, wet you know, food scraps. And, and by the way, it can take meat, bones, pits, shells, a lot of things that that wouldn't necessarily go in a traditional composter can go through the food cycler. And in a matter of hours, you've got this pleasant handful of dirt, and that certainly has fertilizing qualities that you can take and mix into your garden. And really now we've achieved a full circle solution, which is, you know, not happening in a matter of hours today, you know, that process before this type of technology would have taken many, many months. And we really think in the world where we're so used to instant gratification, if we can offer a quicker solution, a cleaner solution to food waste recycling, we have a much better chance at getting more buy-in to food waste recycling. And I think that's been one of the biggest obstacles in having buy-in from more people in, in recycling food waste, is that it's not super convenient right now. It's not exactly clean and efficient right now. If you think of some of the other alternatives, whether it's a backyard compost or a green bin program, a worm bin, those can be great in their own way, but they don't work for everybody. And we think that if we can have a solution that is more widely available, more readily adopted by the masses, that's going to have a much bigger impact again in diverting that tonnage from landfill.
0: So speaking of land, so we're, we're in the real estate business, so we're always curious, like what role does your real estate play? How do you use that to grow the business? We
1: are a new category in many ways, right? This technology has not been around for a long time. And when you're building a new category, you're constantly up against the number of different obstacles. And, and that requires us attracting top talent. And with that top talent, we need to have a real creative space to foster creativity. So we've actually recently invested in, in a great space uh, here in Ottawa, been working to, to fit it up and try and create an environment where people are excited to come into work, uh, excited to kind of think and brainstorm the ways around the, the day's kind of challenge. And, and I think it's been a welcomed, End to, I guess, the work from home. At least uh, in, in our in our business, you know, many of the employees are are eager to kind of come back into the office and see their colleagues and, and be working together in person. So, I'm a big believer in having a, a great space that fosters the collaboration and creativity that's required to do what we do.
0: Interesting. And you find that is everybody coming into the office five days a week or three days a week, or where did you settle on that hybrid?
1: So I think it's unlikely that we'll go back to where we were before, but I don't think that's a bad thing. I think the work from home and and the advancement in our ability to work from home through these new technologies that we were forced to to figure it out is a good thing. And we are uh, very much in a hybrid capacity right now. Mm We have given a lot of autonomy to the employees to really kind of set their own pace in terms of when they're in, whether or not we strongly encourage to be in at least three days a week. And we think that that offers enough crossover to to have your in-person meetings that are needed to be in person and to maintain some flexibility to kind of do what's best at home and, and make sure that you're managing the things at home effectively as well because it's it is important for our team to have a a work-life balance and i think the hybrid model lends well to that
0: makes sense and that's you know that flexibility that work hybrid model seems to be absolutely critical as people try to recruit talent and we've heard a lot about the great resignation the great reshuffle the talent shortage where are you in that journey? Is that affecting you guys? Have you how, how have you altered what you're doing to make sure that you're still getting the right talent?
1: We really like think it's important to attract top talent with a great culture. And I think within a great culture, there's flexibility and autonomy. And where you're working from is part of that. It's not all of that. And I think we've struck I think a good balance of providing a great space where they're excited to go into and then also offering the flexibility for them to work from home but i'll go back to the first piece and i think it's it's critical if if you don't have a space that employees are excited to go to it's going to be a much tougher task to get them into the office more frequently so i believe that rather than force feeding and demanding that they get in there we try to create an environment where they're excited. go and be and and work and you know the the space itself is one part of that i think the culture and the environment and the the team that you're working with is is the other part so if, if you're excited to kind of be in in the office because you've got great colleagues and you're working towards this awesome goal well you're just going to be more motivated to be in the office than not so i think it's you know a formula that has a number of different factors to it space being one of them culture being another and ultimately the, the mission that the business is on and, and the, the task that you're working towards is, is critical as well.
0: I suppose I would consider Food Cycler to be a disruptor and a major disruptor. I would think that would be easier to attract talent because it seems to be more about the, you know, the why. Why are you doing this? And when you say, hey, I can reduce your costs, either as a residential or as a business, and I can help save the environment. Oh, and by the way, you get fertilizer as well. That seems to be a really strong why why someone would want to come work there.
1: You nailed it. We recently did some internal investigating onto you know what was really motivating employees. You know, as we were reviewing comp packages and and things like that, we looked at all the different factors that went into employee satisfaction because. Happiness is a critical part of our mission here and making sure that our employees are satisfied and happy with the work that they're doing. And we are riding a bit of a tailwind with that because of what we're doing, because of the bigger purpose of our work and the fact that we're trying to change the way the world thinks about food waste, we really gain from a, a talent perspective, an employee satisfaction perspective because of the work that we're doing. It's, it's got a higher purpose. It's not mundane, it's, it's fast paced, it's disruptive, and they feel like they are part of the change. And I think that's really exciting, and, and we definitely see some great benefit in terms of attracting and retaining great talent. And that works for you, but I think you also have to kind of combine that with the autonomy I talked about earlier, and making sure that these employees feel like they have a voice and a say in that change. And that it's you know really driven in a lot of ways from the, the bottom up. And I think we've done a, a great job in creating, you know, a relatively flat hierarchy here where everybody has a voice and a say and, and an impact in what they're doing. Because what you have to remember when you're in a new category, when you're trying to disrupt, there's not a blueprint that you can necessarily look at and say, oh, well, just follow this path and you know. Yeah success it's
0: here's how to break things by definition you're a pioneer
1: that's that's it you know we're, we're trailblazing so nobody really has the you know the correct answers and and we encourage people to to be bold and, and not afraid to to make mistakes and I think you know arming them with the responsibility to come to work with new ideas and then entrusting them and empowering them to make decisions themselves has been A really good way to foster that creativity and attract and
0: retain top talent makes sense so tell me this so what's the future for food cycle what's next
1: well i really think we're just getting started you know it's it's exciting right now we're seeing uh, lots of of growth and i think our biggest uh, competitor remains awareness people still don't in a big way understand what food waste is why it's harmful and and how to deal with it more effectively so we believe that if we continue to build innovative solutions that are easy to use, that people are excited to use, that could have a major impact on the food waste problem as a whole. So from our perspective, we're really motivated in continuing to innovate and develop great products that accomplish, you know, what a lot of our existing portfolio already does, but make it more available to more businesses, more people, more industries, that currently you know, aren't able to access the solutions that are available today. So whether that means you know, a municipal program, whether that means a, a coffee shop, a restaurant, or a condominium, if we can be addressing the pain points that exist in those different verticals and providing a solution that's better than what's available today, we stand to, to be quite successful, I believe.
0: How bad. I mean, just thinking, common sense point of view, if you could replace the traditional, you know, compacting in a condominium and you do a deal with condominium and management companies, um, all of a sudden you can have 10,000 customers that are cranking out 10 tons of food waste a year that can add up in a real hurry.
1: Well, that's the idea. And I'll take it one step further. You know, it wasn't uh, that long ago, certainly in our lifetime that, you know, blue bins were not common practice. And now if you look outside, it's really obscure to see a home not putting their blue bin out when it's recycling day. I believe within the next decade that every single home will have some form of food waste management system. Whether that's a backyard compost or whether that's a green bin or whether it's a food cycler, I'm not sure. But in a decade from now, we will not be putting our food waste in the garbage in, in the way that we do far too frequently today. And I think that there's a strong chance that food waste recycling will be as commonplace as blue bin recycling, because it certainly should be. I mean, in a lot of ways, it's much more harmful than the environment. So why is it being ignored in the way that it is? And I think the quick answer to that is that we haven't come up with a good enough solution. We haven't come up with a system that is accepted enough, is is effective enough in dealing with the problem. And I think if we can do that, if we can make technology more accessible, more affordable and better at recycling food waste, you're just going to naturally see more adoption.
0: I think that's a great vision to have, is, you know, 10 years from now, all of us are not putting food in the garbage, but instead of turning it into something useful. That's the idea.
1: And quite honestly, we have to. We're running out of places to put it. I mean, if you take a, you know, a high-level stat, in North America, we have less than 20 years of landfill capacity, right? So We should have been talking about this a hundred years ago, but you know, the next best time is today and you know, technology is going to have to play a part in how we handle that already. We're seeing, uh, and by
0: the way, how much of that 20 years, how much of that is, is food waste right at the moment?
1: Well, I can tell you that nearly half of the landfill is made up of food waste and nearly half of that is coming from households. So this is a major problem. And we, I think are, to blame, and and I'll I'll go back to what I said at the start, we are going to have to change our behaviors in, in some way. And when you leave the grocery store and you've got four bags in your hand, one of those four are going in the garbage. So one of the great things that we've noticed about people who use the food cycler is over time, they tend to use it less. And we attribute that to you just becoming more intimate with your food waste over time. It's right now, it's out of sight, out of mind for a lot of people you buy something at the end of dinner, you scrape it in the garbage, you take it to the corner at garbage day. you wipe your hands you don't think about it. But you're using the food cycler, you've got a bucket on your counter and you're scraping uh, your food scraps into it and you're throwing stuff out from the fridge and it's now much more in your face. And you're recycling that now every day and then you're taking the end product and you're dealing with that every day. And whether consciously or subconsciously, you're changing your behaviors to either buy less of something, eat leftovers more, or or simply just waste less because it's it's much more in your face. I think that's a good thing. And I think we as individuals need to take more ownership of the waste that we are making. And fortunately in North America, it's very much handled and managed by governments, whether it's municipal, provincial, federal, We just kind of hand the garbage problem off to them and you know the reality is they're not very good at dealing with it and i think there needs to be a paradigm shift where there's just more ownership and responsibility with those who are creating the waste and i think a good first step in that is being able to provide them with more options and more tools to deal with it effectively
0: that makes sense especially as we all know i mean municipal governments have a very very small share of the tax pie vastly underestimated in terms of what they actually need to do. So if we can take some of that pressure off, that's actually one of the best things that we can do for our local community.
1: And that's been what's uh, that's that's one of the things that's been uh, so exciting in our business recently is our municipal program. You know, we are often welcomed by some of these rural remote indigenous communities that don't necessarily have the infrastructure or the capital budgets to implement a green bin program but they'd certainly love to be recycling their food waste. Yeah. So offering a food cycler for each household instead of a green bin is oftentimes much more affordable and much more accessible for some of these smaller communities that might have 500, 1,000, 2,000 households. A food cycler program is very much a la carte where it's kind of, hey, how many do you need? And by the way, there's a lot more white glove that goes into it, but offering these solutions to the, to the often ignored grow remote and indigenous communities has been a great win for our business and that makes up about a third of Canada's population by the way so when Hmm. you look at emitters everybody always talks about these large cities and the impact they have on the environment well if you add up all the small emitters that makes a very large and substantial emitter of greenhouse gases
0: True, and they're emitters without an alternative I think that's the interesting point. And
1: I think you've nailed it there. And, And we've been working closely with a lot of the government programs to make funds more accessible for these often ignored communities who don't necessarily have access to the large capital budgets to build these robust recycling facilities and programs. And I think it's starting to kind of gain some traction. You know, most recently, We've uh, done a a great project with Nelson, British Columbia, we're up to now 40 municipalities across Canada that have chosen the food cycler over a green bin program. And I think it's starting to just catch on and and it's, it's largely because of the participation rate we see in the programs. If you look at some of the other green bin programs that are out there, many of them have participation rates below 50%. In fact, most of them would, and that's unfortunate, right? Our programs are seeing participation rates above 80% in many cases. And I think that's you know, a testament to the, to the technology that if you can get people to actually buy into the program that you're implementing, that's a great win.
0: I like it what a great vision for the future. That's it. Excellent. Brad, thank you very much for joining us on Collier's Tech to Watch. I think this has been a really interesting discussion and we're really excited to see where Food FoodCycler goes next.
1: Well, thanks very much for having me.
0: Thanks for listening to Collier's Talks Podcast. To learn more about Collier's Canada, our experts, and our solutions, visit collierscanada.com or find us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook.